everybody here? Yeah. Everybody awake? Really? <laughs> All right. Let's do it. kind of movie of which this is consistent but it is a very hard movie to follow and at the same time I've done it a little more extremely than I've ever done in the past. It's stylistically designed to be that way and you can't undo that but we can diminish the effects of it. We can slow it down a little bit so that if it's intense for us yeah, we don't know what you know, a regular person is going to go nuts. Points is Jason. And this is Gabe. We're back. Did you miss us? We, it's the th- I was thinking about today, like how much I missed. It was like, oh man, we're doing the podcast again tonight. I really missed it. And I was like, <laughs> thinking if there was like, if the world ever became like Flash Dance, like how in Flash Dance, like John Lithgow was like, there's no dancing in my town. If it was ever like, there can be no more podcasts on the planet Earth. I would be. I, I would just have to call you every Thursday night. <laughs> Wait, isn't that Footloose? Yeah. What? Oh, I said Flashdance, didn't I? Yeah. Because, which I'm glad, because I don't think I ever saw Flashdance. Actually, I never saw either of them. I'll tell you that. But I know what happens in Footloose, and I know that that's you're talking about Footloose, unless it happens in Flashdance too, and I just don't know because I never saw it. Listen, we're a little rusty here. We haven't done this for weeks. We're mixing up Flashdance and Footloose. So you can tell what two movies we didn't watch over break. But at least I remember that John Lithgow was the the like preacher man who thought dancing was was just horrible, dirty. It's a dirty thing to do. Yeah. But if they passed a the law there's like no more podcasts, we'd probably be like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> maybe maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, maybe that's not such a bad law. There's too darn many of them. There's just too darn many. But no, I would still be like, 
Gabe, I'm just going to call you on Thursday night and we're going to talk about prequel real changes because I've been doing some research and it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm getting real crazy about this stuff. <laughs> I got I got an idea for, for a call for next week, too. We can just record the phone calls and put them in a time capsule. We'll like bury them somewhere, sink them in the bottom of Lake Michigan, the future people. When Lake Michigan dries out and the robots live there, they'll uh, they'll listen to them. So, so yeah, we're back. This is the, I hope you missed all of this. This is, it's what, okay. Gabe, what did you figure out? It's our eighth year. It's we're eight years old. Yes. It's our eighth year anniversary, our eighth birthday. However you want to say it. January, 2024. The first show was, I think the first show came out January 7th. 2016 right after the force awakens and here we are we're still going still talking it's pretty crazy pretty wild yeah well and we're lucky it's like we're coming back and it's like it had been pretty quiet at the end of last year and wondering hey is there gonna be what are we even gonna talk about and you know lucky for us just days ago crazy stuff yeah, because we were kind of going in being like, you know, 2024, it's going to be a pretty good year in Star Wars. We kind of know, like, what's coming this year. Like, we talked about that with our big holiday special episode at the end of the year. We're talking Bay and Sky Talkers, where it was like, okay, we, yeah, we got Bad Batch, we got Acolyte, we got Skeleton Crew, we got Tales of the Jedi. It's going to be the 25th anniversary of The Phantom Menace, whatever cool stuff is going to come with that. And like just for us, we know like we were talking over our break, like our big 400th episode is happening this year. And that'll be really fun and exciting. But we were like, okay, that's kind of like what to look forward to in 2024. And then, yeah, out of nowhere, last week when you're listening to this days ago for us, the actual real Star Wars news. Star Wars news jumping out of an exploding spaceship. Not on stage at a celebration, just out of the blue, Star Wars news. So here we go. Let's talk about some Star Wars news. It looks scary, I know. But it was once green and beautiful, back when the songs were written. It's Mandalore, the homeworld of our people. It's the Mandalorian! One helmeted bounty hunter that looked unbelievably cool has spawned an entire you know mythology within this bigger mythology an entire race of people and the word mandalorian never appears in a star wars film three potential star wars movies wasn't enough (laughs) there's a fourth one and this one's a doozy because it sounds like the kind of stuff we like and it sounds like it might actually come out which is like a double a double bonus yeah i'm sure if you're listening you know the news that it's gonna go into production this year a movie called The Mandalorian and Grogu, directed by Jon Favreau. And it basically is Mandalorian, the motion picture. It's, yeah, it's, it's going to be the first one out, suppose, probably. 
And this really took everybody by surprise because I know when I first read the news, I was just like, oh, so Dave Filoni isn't doing his super Mando team-up movie anymore? And it's like, no, that's still happening. This is a new fourth movie. Yeah, Mandalorian motion picture, The Mandalorian and Grogu. It's been a few days since we got the announcement. What are your thoughts? Because we haven't talked about this like really kind of barely at all. I really hope that they just say screw it and that's the name like they stick with the name and it's just it's just mandalorian and grogu it, it i mean it's two hours of the mandalorian at the movie theater and it's probably like you know a season's worth of ridiculousness crammed into two hours and 20 minutes i'm excited for that and it sounds like if they're just you know calling it even if they change the name, if the if the whole concept is Mandalorian and Grogu, like it's probably just the two of them on a wacky adventure for two hours. Like it probably won't have, you know, too much dealing with with Thrawn or 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 that sort of stuff. Maybe I mean, maybe it's just them. It's a two hour episode. I don't know. What do you think? That's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm I'm of of course I'm cool. I'm like I read it. I was like, great, see you there, opening night. But that it's like the more I thought about, it, I was like. It reminds me of like the X-Files movie where it was like there was the show and the show led up to the movie Fight the Future. And the movie was like big and cinematic. And then when the show came back like months later, it was dealing with kind of like the fallout from that movie. And it was really kind of cool. But it's like a movie has to be a movie. And there's got to be like first, second, third act and like a conflict and the conflict is resolved. I don't know. Part of me, it's like, it's got to feel cinematic. It's got to feel big. If it's just like three, four episodes of the, of the show blown up on the big screen. Is that like the big, like return to star Wars in movie theaters? Not saying that I think it will be like that. I think there's something sneaky happening here and it is like something cool where I almost wonder if was it like the planning stages for Mando season four and it was like the season opens with this or something. And if people were like, that's so cool, almost like the Clone Wars movie, like we could do that as a movie like this is big and crazy. Let's put this out in theaters. You know where I'm coming from? Because it's all it's like it's cool, but it's like the Mando show, like we've always said before, is sometimes like small stakes Star Wars, you know, like where they they go to the Jack Black Lizzo planet or they deal with, you know, ice spiders laying eggs and stuff. Well, I think that's kind of what I'm thinking, though, is like maybe there's something cool there to make a theatrical low stakes Star Wars movie, though. Right. Where it's like, I mean, I guess it's almost kind of how solo was where it's like it's not like the world's gonna end or the galaxy's gonna end or or there's a death star coming to you know to blow everybody up like it's just mando and grogu have to go on a mission and and things happen and i mean they make movies like that that aren't star wars like so there's you know the potential to get something a little different where it is not like as big stakes as is you would think that the the filoni you know Empire versus New Republic movie would be, or the Return of Ray and in, in the Jedi Order, or the Origins of the Force. Like that's all like big, big ticket stuff. Like the idea of a lower stakes, just fun adventure movie, like a you know an Indiana Jones movie, but it's it's Temple of Doom with Mando and Grogu. Like that 
type of movie seems like it could be really fun. And that that gives them an opportunity to do that, which would be harder to do, like just coming from scratch. Like, hey, here's some new characters and here's like a low stakes Star Wars movie. Yeah, I totally get that. I can, and and as you describe that, I could totally see it. But then also we were saying, I mean, you think of the season premiere of season two with basically the the, the Tusken Raiders fighting the Crate Dragon. That was huge and cinematic. And there was even when we talked about that episode, when it came out, there was the moment where like the aspect ratio changed, where it went like it went IMAX size for a minute. And it's like, well, was this like because that came out during like the worst of COVID. And it's like, was was this supposed to play in IMAX theaters? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because it it because it, well, I guess that brings up kind of the other thing too. Is like, is this in place of season four? Is this an addition to season four? Because like you said, it kind of makes sense to have a movie, and then you know, six months later, the season starts, and the season is kind of the fallout from the movie, or the opposite of maybe there's a season four next year, and at the end of season four, there's a there's the movie at the end. You know, like both of those would make sense, and it kind of like with them having. Rick, uh, family, you were coming on as like the, sh- the executive producer a little bit with season four. Like maybe, you know, he would, they could have someone that's not Favreau doing that season because Favreau's working on the movie at the same time. And Filoni's got his movie and Filoni's doing Ahsoka and yeah, kind of giving the show to, to the very capable hands of the great Rick Famuyiwa. Yeah. I mean, I wonder too, though, with like the low stakes thing, if, if it isn't though, like I wonder too if it is kind of how the the maybe idea that the three movies that I'm glad the three movies were at the bottom of the article too on StarWars.com announcing the Mandalorian and Grogu too, kind of being like, don't worry, these are still happening because we've been <laughs> through many years of Star Wars movies getting announced and then disappearing and never hearing about them for years and kind of them putting that in there that like don't worry those movies we announced we're, we're still gonna make those but i wonder too if 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 those movies are connected in some sort of way if this is maybe like the kickoff to the a bigger wider story you know because where did we last leave the mandalorian and grogu with you know carson kind of telling them like you know i might have some jobs for you helping out the new republic I have a business proposition. Shoot. This youngling is my apprentice. What does that have to do with me? I'm a bounty hunter by trade. Now that he's with me, I'll be more selective in my assignments. Go on. You don't have the resources to protect the Outer Rim, let alone hunt down Imperial remnants. And I need work. Let me get this straight. You want to work for the New Republic? On a case-by-case basis. An independent contractor. Mm -hmm. You know, this is against regulation. It'll never get approved. Which is why you won't tell them. Let me think about it. You already did. It's a good deal and you know it. Is that so? All I require is a small advance. What I want in return is that. Scrap assassin droid head? I need it for parts. Now in the, you know, at the end of Ahsoka, Thrawn is back. He's on Dathomir 
with a whole bunch of maybe like night sister coffins or whatever the heck is going on. Ezra has just reappeared in the new Republic. So now there's a Jedi that's part of the new Republic with Hera. What's the state of the new Republic? Cause I, you'd think that's gotta be part of it. I mean, Boba Fett is still out there. Cobb Vanth is still out there. There's a mythosaur in the water. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, could be very big and like we talked about how, oh, well, in Mando season four, you know, somebody's going to be riding the mythosaur. Maybe they're saving that for the big screen. Yeah, that's true. But that's where I kind of wonder if it's like it almost like they have the opportunity because of the show to do more of the, you know, the, the, the multitude of characters and that sort of stuff at the show level. And if they're if they're going you know, out of their way to to at least now call the movie Mandalorian and Grogu. Like, does that kind of imply that this is an adventure kind of more focusing on the two main characters and less on the broader, like, Mandalorian TV show universe and cast of characters? Because it is harder to have, like, 10 characters in a two-hour movie as opposed to, a, you know, a, an eight-episode season. But yeah, I guess we'll I guess we'll find out because the other thing I was laughing, I was thinking is I wondered if this came like this just came out of nowhere because it was another thing. Like, remember, uh, I think it was in one of the art of books where like Favreau just like wrote a bunch of episodes over Christmas break, like this coming after Christmas break, like was Favreau just at home over Christmas break? And he was like, I got an idea for a Mando and Grogu movie and just like whipped it out in a in a weekend and then pitched to Kathy Kennedy. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and that's why it wasn't like announced before because it literally just kind of came out of nowhere over Christmas break. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, because Favreau's kind of a madman with this. When you think about like how many episodes of the show he's written and and that he's still, you know, he likes these characters. So I'm pumped. The other thing I was thinking about too is you know because some people were like. Oh, you know, I thought, well, you know, our first movie back was going to be the Ray movie. And it's just like, you know, who's going to go see like, is this really going to be like the grand return for Star Wars and movie theaters? Is it is it going to do well? Like, what if it doesn't do well and all that stuff? And I was like, well, of course it's going to do well, because I always think about this, too. And I'm sure you notice this. I'm sure everyone listening noticed this, too. Normal people like the Mandalorian. I don't know how many times you like if you go to the grocery store, if you go to Target or something, you'll just see normal people wearing like a Grogu t-shirt or something, like moms and people wearing Grogu t-shirts and or a Mandalorian t-shirt or something. Probably not someone listening to this podcast right now. Not that you're not normal. You're all beautiful each and every one of you listening right now. But we can all admit you're extra normal. You're extra normal. You're abnormal. That's better than normal, right? Yeah, but the people, the people who don't listen to Star Wars podcasts, they're just like, I, I don't need to hear two people gabbing about this thing. Average Star Wars fans, do they watch every single episode? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. You know, did they watch and or do they watch the Bad Batch? I don't know. I don't know what normal people do. That's not my lifestyle. <laughs> But they but they 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 like the Mandalorian. And if there's a Mandalorian movie in movie theaters, they're just like, I want to go see that. And I'm sure there's tons of people who are aware of the Mandalorian and Grogu and Baby Yoda and all that who don't have Disney Plus. 
and are just aware of it. And they're and if a movie comes out, they're like, oh, there's that Mandalorian I'm so curious about. And they'll go see it, too. And I'll go see it because it's probably going to be one of the craziest Star Wars movies ever in the theater. Because it's like I think about all the things in the four seasons of Mando plus Book of Boba that all the nonsense that's come out of Jon Favreau's head. And if, you know, if you just take a bunch of the best bits and cram them into one movie, like there's going to be some, you know, serious Star Wars going on in this movie, potentially. Yeah, I I can't wait to hear Ludwig's score in a movie theater. You know, ILM is going to be bringing the heat. It's going to be absolutely insane. It's going to be a ton of fun. And it's going to be the kickoff to Star Wars returning on the big screen. It's Mandalorian, the motion picture. Yeah, maybe we'll get a overture at the beginning. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like really, really slow for just the weirdos to be into. It's like, why is this? Why is it taking them so long to get where they're going? Star Trek the motion picture style. Just... Grief Cargo will show up with a big beard and like a disco medallion. They drafted me. Yeah. Well, and you know, and the other thing in the little news thing that came out on StarWars.com, and then the next day there was a, a even further announcement for it with some cool Dave Filoni art, is that Ahsoka Season 2 is happening. It's in development from Dave Filoni, surprise, surprise, Lando in disguise. But that's that's really good because, you know, the show ended and there was all the, the wildness with the strike and everything. And it was just, but like there were months that went by and it was kind of like, can we get, can we get a season two announcement? Is season two not happening? Because it's never a guarantee. Um, but it's really good uh, to hear that as Dave Filoni's drawing said, the story continues. Well, with that too, it almost makes me wonder if some of the Mando Grogu movie is almost like a a trial run for the for just kind of the whole idea of like taking the Star Wars TV shows and then building them towards a theatrical movie, which is what we kind of knew the Filoni movie was going to be. But that's not going to happen until at least another Ahsoka series and or season, and if not other things, that it's kind of like they do have you know three seasons of Mando plus Book of Boba that they can kind of test out with with having that as a movie which maybe is a good way to go too because it's not like favreau's made a lot of movies so he kind of knows what he's doing so he, he's a good one to, to kind of test the waters with this stuff when i like feloni's drawing too if it is a hint of what's to come where it looks like it's ahsoka and sabine on the the mortis father's hand pointing that I was kind of like, oh man, so do do Ahsoka and Sabine kind of follow the trail that Balin went to to see the Mortis father? And then it made me think too, like, oh, you know, they're, they're going to have to recast Balin. But I was like, well, you know, also maybe not. What if when Balin, what if Balin went to where that light was coming out of, often who knows where to go to the Mortis gods? And what if Balin is gone to like another place i'm like is that season two like is it kind of like what was where was balin going did they bring in shin to kind of find balin yeah that's a good point because at this point that's a lot of points on blast points (laughs) so what happens when we go on break all the points build up we have to get get all these points out yeah that they i mean you can kind of justify, yeah, Balin, like 
where did he go? Like, is that the kind of the point of season two now? And there get another point in there of, yeah, it's, it's like force awakens. It's like Luke Skywalker has vanished with this. It's like Balin disappeared. Where did he go? What's going on? Ahsoka wants to find him. Shin wants to find him. And that delays them ever. If he does come back and if he comes back in another form or something, it kind of lets them do that. Cause it's, you know, he's transcended to a, a to the mortis plane and and now he's a lizard man or something you know who knows well and that's what i I started thinking too where it's like if they do start to introduce some of whatever thrawn is up to in the mando and grogu movie that'll probably come out before ahsoka season two maybe i don't know and well i wonder if some of the mandalorian grogu movie will pay off is what i'm saying in ahsoka season two yeah it could or i i don't know i just keep feeling like now that with the that they're taking the opportunity to kind of separate the two shows a little bit because they can right because with season four or season three of mando mando's kind of like technically retired and just doing but i guess he's gonna might be working for the new republic so then i guess yeah it does kind of they'll all cross paths so yeah i don't know it's exciting it's very exciting. I'm pumped. I'm I think the future's looking bright. Like we said, it's going to be a great year of Star Wars. The Bad Batch is coming back. The and that, that's the thing too. Bad Batch, Acolyte, Skeleton Crew, Tales of the Jedi. Skeleton Crew is kind of uh, in the timeline, I guess, but by the time we get to real like the Mandalorian and Grogu movie it's going to be we're going to be so hungry for it because that's the neat thing we're kind of taking a break this year from that storyline well except for till we get to when Skeleton Crew comes out we don't know because we know that that's the same time frame and there's some overlap there like what does that have to do with the New Republic or Mando stuff like maybe it is related more than we realize at this point well, but if that's the end of the year, too, it may be getting us ready for Star Wars in 2025. That's true. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. Looking forward to it. We we say this every year, but we got we to gotta stay healthy more than ever. This, this, this show, it's, it's the sh- Blast Points is eight years old. And so we're eight years older. We're almost a decade older from when we started this show. And when we started this show, we were saying we need to take better care of ourselves. There were only seven movies when we started this show. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised we're still alive. <laughs> we're hanging on by a thread here, people. Yeah. So we have go out and what we got at this point. What do we got to do? What do we got to go out and run? It's it's like January and we're in the Midwest. It's cold as hell outside. We can't go out there. I, we get treadmills, like stationary bikes. Maybe. Do you have a stationary bike? I do not. I, I think we. I think we need to do the like senior citizen where you do like aerobics in the pool, so it's like yes. not too strenuous. So yes. it's like a little bit of exercise. Because if I think if I went outside and ran, I might die. And, that, and that's not helping, right? So chair, chair aerobics, I think that's what they do in nursing homes. That's what I got to start on. Vitamins, vitamins, vitamins. Just go to like the vitamin section and just take one of each, every letter of the alphabet. Yeah. Go to the uh, health food store. How, how many letters do you got? What? Give me all the letters. 
<laughs> do you have do you have ones with numbers in them too? I'll take those too. Just give give me everything. Listen, it's not gonna hurt. Twenty twenty four, the year that Blast Points died from ODing on vitamins. <laughs> so sad. Excitement. Share the fun. Take the journey. All over again. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Rated PG. We got serious stuff to talk about. We got to talk about the real changes of the prequels. This is a follow-up to the first episode we did in 2022, which was back in 295, almost 100 episodes ago, where we talked about the real changes of the original trilogy so let's kind of explain for someone, for someone who hasn't listened to that episode for two years, or this is their first time hearing us talk about real changes, what are reels in terms of, because there's two different ways to look at it, right? There's editing, and then there's back in the day before movies were shown digitally, they were shown on film reels. So there's two different ways of thought here with uh, with reels, with kind of what we're talking about here. Yeah, and it's also in both cases kind of a remnant of the of the olden days when things were shot on film, edited on film and projected on film and the one way is that i think it was each reel when you're editing was like 10 minutes more or less of film uh and a movie would be around what was it like 10 to 12 reels and then eventually they figured out for the theatrical presentation each reel was about 20 minutes um so a movie would be five or six reels and it's literally a big reel of film that's 20 minutes long and every 20 minutes someone would in the projection booth would have to switch to another reel of film because you couldn't have one film reel big enough to be the whole movie so literally the movie came in multiple parts and someone had to sync up those parts and transition from one reel to the other. And the way they did that is they put these little oval dot things uh, in the corner and the projectionist would see the dot. They'd get the other reel ready and get it going. And then when they would see the second dot, they would like flip a switch basically and go from one reel going through the projector to another one. Seems so archaic and <laughs> like such, such a process. Yeah. And it's, it is crazy to think back too that it's like, you know, we're so used to the image quality being so clear too that like not only 
you know, did they have to do this? There was literally like a big splotch like in the corner of the screen. And once you would see it, you'd kind of like know it was there. But it's I don't know. It's just kind of it's crazy to think back where there was just like this big giant splotch in the corner and you just didn't even think about it. Well, I, I can remember going to see movies at the the Harbor Theater in Muskegon, Michigan, which we've talked about a lot on Blast Points. But the Harbor was like a discount theater. It was like the equivalent of a dollar theater in Muskegon. And everyone would go. I mean, that I saw Rares of the Lost Ark there 25 times, E.T. We, we both, we were probably at some of the same showings at the Harbor. Yeah, probably. But I remember going to, but, but these were movies too that would play for, a year, months and months and months at the first run theaters. And then it was a long time after when they would get to the harbor. So sometimes the prints at the harbor that like little Jason and Gabe were going to see were in rough shape. And I remember going to see movies where half the movie, there'd be like a hair on the film, like moving around or something. Well, that's a good point. Cause I think that's another thing people forget about too, is it's not only was, you know, if you had even like the fresh print, you know, had the, had the, the real change dots in it and stuff. It's like, yeah, the dollar theater, like it wasn't like they got a, a new print. Like it was the same film that had been shown. So it's like, it just got more and more old and, and beat up and, and deteriorated. Like it was an old reel of film at that point when it got to the dollar theater. So there's the technical side of it all, but also there is a lot of the times you'll read and hear about people during this time talk about like a, a stylistic decision of every reel is kind of building towards something like at the end of reel one, we want to have this at the end of reel two, we want to have this right. The way we talked about this with the original trilogy. Yeah. Cause it's like coming from that background of, you know, thinking of, of kind of working on film with editing you know, they had to think about technically, like when they're editing the movie, like, is there a good spot to be able to switch reels? Because you kind of don't want it to happen, you know, in a really dramatic part, because um, you kind of want it to be as as uh, not noticeable as possible. But as part of that, I think over the years of movies being made, right, it started to be kind of like guideposts and a way to structure the movie because a lot of movies are kind of structured around the reels where you know there's the, the final reel is probably all the action or the or the big climax so it it's kind of a a mix between a it's a technical limitation that kind of became a way to organize the the flow of the movie when they're editing it yeah and, it, and it's interesting yeah because now we're, we're talking about the real changes of the prequel trilogy and the prequel trilogy especially attack of the clones single-handedly introduced the idea of digital projection where the, the, these real changes and some poor projectionist at a movie theater running back and forth with huge spools of film just didn't need to exist anymore. And, you know, we, I, we both saw Attack of the Clones digital, which at the time for both of us was just like, this. I've seen the future. This is amazing. Yeah. But most theaters were playing the prequel trilogy on film still. And you know what I was thinking? Did did you see Reve Revenge of the Sith digital? I don't think I ever did. 
Yeah, I think I only saw Revenge of the Sith Digital. Wow. Because I think by that point, at least uh, in Chicago, we had enough digital theaters. Like, I think Phantom Menace I only saw on film. Attack of the Clones I only saw it on digital once. And every other time was on film. And then I think, but I think the opposite with Revenge of the Sith, I think I only saw it digital. Maybe, I, I don't, I don't think the theaters in Ann Arbor were digital yet by that time. I could be wrong, but. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't paying attention, but yeah, like Attack of the Clones Digital was like such a big deal, and you had to drive to like a special theater to see it. And it was like, yeah, I'm going to see Attack of the Clones Digital tomorrow. I'm going to the next level. <laughs> oh, actually, you know, you know, I think I saw Attack of the Clones Digital twice. Then, well, you saw it once and it broke. Well, I it didn't. That's the thing. It didn't break when I saw it, but it broke when the the people in the lobby saw it at another showing. Oh, okay. But yeah, now I'm getting confused. Cause I know I was in LA for, for the E3 game convention and I saw it at a theater there. Now I'm so confused. It was a crazy time. It's hard to keep things straight from <laughs> 2002. It's true. Especially when, when you got attack of the clones fever, life is all just a hazy dream. But here we go. We're going to break it down just like we did for the original trilogy where we are going to go through the real changes from each of the three prequel films. We're going to go reel by reel. What happened in each film? Is there a stylistic connection? Maybe, maybe not. We're going to talk about it. So here we go. Let's talk about the end of the first reel. Let's start with Phantom Menace. What, what, what's going on in Phantom Menace at the end of the first reel? Well, as a general thing with these, which is, which is fun, and I think they did this a little bit with the original trilogy too, is like Star Wars having stylistically having the wipes to kind of go through scene transitions. You'll notice that like the majority of the real changes happen either right before or right after a wipe. Um, Cause in general, part of the stylistic constraints of this is you kind of want to do the real change, not in the middle of a scene. So a lot of them kind of happen in between scenes and in star Wars, a lot of them happen with wipes because the wipes happen between scenes. Cause this one is like, there's a wipe and it's kind of the end of the prologue. Maybe that was the way I was thinking of it where it's like Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon things have started to happen with them. And they met up with Jar Jar and they're kind of beginning their their quest. They're in the, the ship. They're underwater. And it's right after there's always a bigger fish. And then it cuts to the Trade Federation battleship where they're like the, the Nemodians are. The invasion is on schedule. Is a bigger fish. Miz would think we going back now. Yeah, so it's kind of like at that point, you know enough of what is supposed like you know where the story's going. You kind of you're you're caught up with some characters and there's kind of the end of their kind of first adventure. And we're hearing, you know, what's coming next with the uh, the Trade Federation kind of saying their plans. 
I mean, by that point, you you know what you're getting in Phantom Menace. You've already had <laughs> battle droids. You've had the Queen Amidala showing up. I pretty yeah right. And you've had Nemodians t- talking nonsense to a hologram of the Emperor and stuff. Yeah, underwater battles. You have Boss Nass already. You know, shaking his head and flies coming out of his mouth or whatever the heck is going on. You kind of are just like, well, okay, this is the way this movie's going down. <laughs> yeah. Now let's move on to Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones at the end of the first reel. It's about the 20-minute mark. We are knee-deep in the Coruscant chase, and Anakin is climbing up the front of Zam's speeder. It's kind of right after Zam does her double take with the crazy face, that's kind of where the real change is. So I feel like this starts to get kind of interesting with the Attack of the Clones, and and I think maybe similar when we get into Revenge of the Sith, is that I feel like we're kind of starting to feel the transition to knowing they're going to have a digital version because this happens kind of in the middle of the scene, which is not ideal for a a real transition. So it almost feels like they were editing this sequence kind of not thinking as heavily about when the real change would be as maybe they would have in the past, knowing that this was only going to be shown on film. Cause it's like, this is kind of like, you know, the end of the of the of the beginning of the story, because after the real change, there's like a little bit more the, the speeder crashes and then there's the chase. And then we get into the bar where things kind of slow down and we kind of there's a change in intensity. And it's almost like you would think that that would be where the real change would be, like at the end of the chase as they kind of transition into the to the bar. But it it doesn't really line up that way. It's very true. It, it, when I when I was going through, I'm like, where's the end of the first reel for Attack of the Clones? I was like, well, that is kind of surprising. But then also, if you think of the underwater chase with the fish and the bigger fish and everything happening pretty much around the same time, around the 20 minute mark of the chase through Coruscant, it's kind of a big, kind of fun, goofy chase, both hap- in happening in both movies at the 20 minute mark. Yeah, and that's a good point that it is kind of like, you know, it's a Star Wars movie. There is some, there's like an act one action scene or a real one action scene, you know, ending, ending out the first reel. So Revenge of the Sith plays by its own rules. This one throws like the theory that we just spent all that time talking about. Well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's about the 17, 18 minute mark and it's General Grievous. And he's saying, activate ray shields. Boom, that's the real change. General, we found the Jedi. They're in hallway 328. Activate ray shields! Well, that's, yeah. I, and this almost feels like they're, they're even further into digital land with editing and probably assuming that most people are going to see this digital that they're just kind of editing almost disregarding the reels in a way. Like there's still like, we're getting towards the, eventually there's like the end of the beginning of the movie action scene. I mean, we're kind of in the middle of it. Uh, Actually, no, we're not. We're like just before the escape 
from Grievous with Palpatine. And then we're going to go into the Dooku fight. We're going to go into the ship crashing and all that stuff. Like those are all things that you would maybe think would have been at the end of real one, but they actually are past it. That whole crazy opening of revenge of the Sith is like an hour long. It's a long, long action opening sequence. Yeah. Cause I mean, it kind of, I mean, there's there was the action with them, you know, flying in the ships and 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 a little bit of fighting droids. But yeah, we're kind of like right in the middle of this huge thing, and we're already having to do a real change. Yeah, Revenge of the Sith yeah, just really plays by its own rules because, it, yeah, God, it's wild to think about by Phantom Menace. By that point, we've already gotten to the Odagunga submarine chase, and for Attack of the Clones, we're already racing through Coruscant and yeah, in Revenge of the Sith, it's like General Grievous is just activating the ray shields at that point. Like, whoa, geez. It's it's close to where you would think the end of real one would be, but you know, yeah, like as the prequel's gone, like it's it's more more bigger and more intense and kind of stretching the for the Star Wars format at, to its limits. Lucas is doing it more extremely than past and maybe he's done before. So that brings us to the end of the second reel. We kind of have, you know, a, a similar format there for the end of the first reel for the the prequel trilogy. But the end of the second reel, things get crazy. Phantom Menace, right? Where are we in Phantom Menace at the end of the second reel? This one, so they are in Anakin's bedroom. Anakin is showing Padme C-3PO. To me, it feels like now the gang's all together. Like, this is kind of the end of the setup. Like, the first reel is the first half of the setup with the Jedi and Jar Jar. And then now with the second reel, we have Padme, we have Anakin, we have the droids. Like, the gang is all here at the end of reel two. I beg your pardon, but what do you mean, naked? My parts are showing. My the death toll is catastrophic. We must bow to their wishes. You must contact me. It's a trick. Send no reply. Apologies when we're talking about this because the real change, it gets confusing because we're like, the first reel ends at the first real change, but then also kind of where the second reel, where the next reel starts is kind of interrelated in a way right because it's like this is a good example of like the the second reel ends kind of with the good guys the gangs all together and then the third reel the next one kind of starts with things aren't so great right because we have co bibble saying things are bad and we're kind of the story's less happy for a little bit like things are kind of winding down and we're and we're going to start building back up to the to the next big action part yeah, and that, that's a good thing where it's like, yeah, it's it's like, oh, this is great. C-3PO and R2-D2 are together. And, you know, look, there's a little Anakin. What? Anakin built C-3PO. That's crazy. And then, yeah, maybe things aren't quite so good back on Naboo. Remember Naboo? Like, it's not going too great. And then Attack of the Clones, the reel kind of ends and begins with Obi-Wan in the ring Arriving on arriving in Camino space. We 
Which that also, you could say it's a very similar thing because it's, you know, the suddenly Camino is rainy. The music becomes much more mysterious and foreboding. Like, what is this hidden planet? Why is it hidden? What's going on here? Yeah, and it's also the next reel is kind of beginning the Obi-Wan mission, right? Like, he kind of figured out what he needed to do before, and now it's like Obi-Wan's off on his own doing his detective mission. And, yeah, we kind of don't know what to expect at this point. Things have kind of tapered off from the explosive beginning of the movie. Which I think you could say the same thing for the the Phantom Menace at this moment, where Phantom Menace is at 39 minutes, Attack of the Clones is at 41 minutes, very close. Revenge of the Sith, I would... I would say this also is very close, where we're at about 38 minutes with the end of the second reel, beginning of the third reel, and it basically ends with the Jedi Council, and the third reel begins with Obi-Wan and Anakin walking and talking, and Anakin is really mad that he's not on the Council. May the Force be with us all. What kind of nonsense is this? Put me on the council and not make me a master? Whatever fun was happening in the beginning of the film, we're now at the not fun part, right? And there's starting to be some drama and things are kind of not good. And we're kind of setting the stage for what needs to come next. I would say that these three moments here at the end of the second reel, beginning of the third reel, stylistically similar in terms of like where they are in the story. Yeah. Cause it's definitely a good way. You can almost think of the reels as like, if you're drawing a graph of like intensity of the movie and like fun versus not fun in a way. Right. Like, and it's like the first 40 minutes of a star Wars movie is kind of building to excitement. And then you hit that mark and then things kind of, they chill out and they get a little more of a downer. All right, so let's move on to the end of the third reel, beginning of the fourth reel. Phantom Menace, we are just, we're at one hour, one minute, and we are knee deep in the pod race. Like, the pod race is really kicking in at this moment. It's right before we see Aurora sing, and they kind of, is that when they go into Beggar's Canyon? Yeah, I think so. This is one. This is where Phantom Menace kind of st- feels like it kind of breaks the the structure of the reels a little bit because this does. You would think they would try to do the real change before the pod race, and then maybe this is kind of as early in the pod race as they could make it work, just because the the pod race is so insane and this movie is so insane. Um, but it is kind of like you know not the best case because it is kind of swapping in the middle of a big action bit of the movie. But it, it happening kind of right before you see Aurora sing kind of makes sense. Where it kind of like, I remember it was sitting in the theater and you'd never seen Aurora sing before in your life. And all of a sudden it cuts to, you, you know, this pasty white, awesome looking woman in like with a big old rifle holstered on her back watching the pod race go by. And it's kind of like, what is going on? You know, like it was so cool. But it was kind of a neat little extra shot in there. And I wonder if that was on purpose because that was like, hey, this is where we're going to break for the real. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm sure when ILM was planning this out, they didn't know that. No, but someone has to go and kind of plan where the where the real 
breaks are going to be and whether or not that was planned, you know, as they were editing someone, probably when they went, you know, there's probably like a five minute range where they can do the real change earlier in that five minutes or after that. Maybe someone was like, Hey, I'm going to cut right before this, because if you see that thing in the corner, as soon as you cut to Aura Singh, you're going to look at her and you're not going to think about it. Uh, that's a good point. Now, going into Attack of the Clones here, this is interesting. I think that the, these three are really interesting, the way they, they tie together. Well, let's talk about Attack of the Clones. Yeah, because with this one, well, we kind of end Obi-Wan's little side mission, and we cut back to Anakin, who had his dream and kind of knows what he needs to do. He needs to go find his mom. So it's kind of setting up what the rest of the movie is. I'm sorry, I don't have a choice. It's a, it's a turning point in the movie, yeah, because it's it's Anakin and Padme on that balcony on Naboo, and yeah, he's he's got to go back to Tatooine to save his mother. And... I I was kind of like when these two moments kind of both lined up almost exactly at the one hour mark, I was kind of like, man, the pod race, like this race that like seals Anakin's future, gets him off Tatooine. And then the next movie at exactly the same one hour mark, Anakin saying he's got to go back to Tatooine to get his mother. The one, the one thing he like left after the pod race that he was like, you know, don't look back and all that stuff. I was like, wow, both at the one hour mark. That's interesting because, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that because I would think I was thinking of it more like tonally where it's like they're very different in a way because because in Phantom Menace, like you're full on in the middle of the pod race where it's just it's action and it's excitement. And then in Attack of the Clones, it's kind of a more quiet moment with Anakin and Padme kind of you know, talking about his dreams and, and what he needs to do. So like tonally they're very different, but that's a good point that it is kind of from a character point, they're both leaving Tatooine and getting back to Tatooine. That's pretty cool. Revenge of the Sith, however, plays by its own rules once again, because what, what's going on at the one hour? Well, it's, it's 58 minutes, 22 seconds. If we're going like tonally it's more like Phantom Menace. It's kind of a the big middle of the movie action part because we're in the middle of the pod race and we're just about to have Obi-Wan fight Grievous and Grievous, you know, shows us all his arms just as we're in Phantom Menace in the middle of, you know, seeing all these crazy pod racers. So there's kind of I think, some similarities there. You fool! I've been trained in your Jedi arts by Count Dooku! Yeah, yeah, and that, and, that, and that's a good point too because you know that middle part of Attack of the Clones, you, there's the Obi Wan Django fight in there, but that's about kind of until you get to the the Droid Factory, that's kind of all you get. It's, it's you know it's a lot of love talk. God bless it, all of it, every 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 second of it, every word of it, but. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's kind of the the big middle of the movie action part happening in Phantom Menace and Sith. Okay, let's move on to the end of the fourth reel, Phantom Menace. 
we're we're already on Coruscant, which is amazing. We're at one hour twenty four minutes, and what Queen Amidala is saying that's something I cannot do. And then you're cutting to the Jedi Temple towers. That is something I cannot do. So this was one that was interesting to me because it reminded me of something with these movies too, of them being different than their theatrical release that once the theatrical release was over and they kind of added things for the, for DVD that they kind of stopped worrying about the uh, real changes and that you kind of moved in completely into the future where these movies like exist independently of film because like the real change, this one in Phantom Menace in particular happens much later in the, current version of the movie than it did in a theatrical one because they added the, the that whole taxi scene in it's very different than what it would have been if the taxi scene was in the theatrical like where the real change would have been and it would have kind of thrown off probably the, the whole rest of the movie right and i don't know maybe it's something we don't think about like other than just deciding to cut a scene because they they're trying to save time or they don't need it i wonder if sometimes like if a scene they want to cut is kind of near the end or beginning of a reel of that makes it more more favorable to to be removed you, you know it's more awkward to to remove a scene in the middle than it is closer to when the reel would end i don't know it's wild like even with how many times i saw the phantom menace in the theater when it first came out thinking that the taxi scene wasn't in there because i'm so used to the taxi scene now having watched it on what did blu-ray and disney plus and uh, how long the taxi scene has been in there it's crazy the dvd what's the taxi scene on the vhs no because the vhs was well this is another episode <laughs> it's, it's it's a lightly phantom menace year we're going to be doing a lot of phantom menace yeah, coming up yeah, in 2024 yeah, so yeah. perhaps we'll revisit that the attack of the clones though we have obi-wan sending the message to anakin and to, he's talking to R4, and he finds out that Anakin is on Tatooine, and Obi-Wan is very confused. Maybe we can contact Anakin on Naboo. It's much closer. Now, again, with Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, I'd say both of these scenes are kind of... The drama is building in both of these scenes, if that makes sense. Yeah, because it's kind of, I mean, you could almost say it's the its the slow part of the movie, but it's kind of the middle, the like real middle, the real, real middle. Things aren't great. They're like figuring out what they need to do to finish the story. Like what's what's the problem they need to solve next? And it's probably the, the big problem they're going to solve to finish out the movie. Revenge of the Sith blows my mind, though, because it's, one hour, 18 minutes, and it's Palpatine, and it's Anakin. Well, it's Darth Vader. It's Palpatine and Darth Vader. And Palpatine, you know, is talking about civil war without end, and you need to go to the Jedi Temple and do what must be done and all that stuff. First, I want you to go to the Jedi Temple. We will catch them off balance. Do what must be done, Lord Vader. That's wild. That, 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 like, if you asked me, if you woke me up in the middle of the night and asked me what part is that in Revenge of the Sith, I'd be like, that's smack dab in the middle of the movie. I would say that's like the end of the third reel. 
it is later maybe than you think it was is. But what's cool, I think, with this one is and it and it does kind of feel like, you know, that even though that movie was the most digital that they were still thinking of reels as they were they were editing because literally the the fourth reel ends when Anakin ends and the fifth reel starts when Darth Vader starts like that whole character transition right is right at the lines up with the real changes man that is wild but also it is similar to Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones it is the the drama is building because everyone in the theater watching Revenge of the Sith at that moment is just like, is he going to go to the Jedi temple? Is he going to kill everybody? Is he going to do what Palpatine's telling him to do? And you're like, Oh my God, he's doing it. Well, and, and visually, right. Phantom Menace, Amidala, you know, says that she's not going to, she's not going to do the war thing. And then it cuts to the Jedi temple. And then, you know, in Revenge of the Sith at the same time, Anakin, now Darth Vader, is like, I'm going to the Jedi Temple. Well, and think of Attack of the Clones. That at this point, this point, Obi-Wan has realized that Anakin has gone back to Tatooine. What does that mean? Why did Anakin go back to... Obi-Wan knows his mother's there. Obi-Wan, earlier in the movie, is talking to Anakin, Anakin and ab- about, like, you know, that he still, that he misses his mother. Obi-Wan knows the danger of Anakin going back there. Yeah, you're right. So basically, yeah, Attack of the Clones, Anakin is doing something stupid because he loves his mom and Revenge of the Sith. He's doing something stupid because he loves Palpatine or he loves Palpatine. He does love Palpatine, but he's trying to save he's trying to save his mother. So he does something stupid in Attack of the Clones and he's trying to save Padme. So he does something stupid in Revenge of the Sith at the same time. Well, and in Phantom Menace, right before that, Palpatine is pressuring Amidala to vote of to do the vote of no confidence on Chancellor Valorum, you know, basically start this whole process that leads to the downfall of the the Republic. These are more more connected than I thought, really. Well, and I think, you know, the end of the fourth reel into the fifth reel is potentially like the most important transition in the movies, because you're you really are kind of ending the the buildup. And you know the fifth and sixth reel are the are the climax, the finale, the the end of the story. So it kind of makes sense that the the heavy stuff is going to be the end of the fifth reel going in, end of the fourth reel going into the fifth reel. Whew. All right, so here we go with the end of the fifth reel going into the sixth reel. Phantom Menace. They are planning the attack on Theed City. We're at one hour forty four minutes. If the Viceroy escapes, Your Highness, he will return with another droid army. Well, that is why we must not fail to get the Viceroy. Everything depends on it. She is more foolish than I thought. We are sending all troops to meet this army assembling near the swamp. I love this whole scene. Well, going back and watching these, all I kept thinking is like, man, I love Phantom Menace. I I just want to watch Phantom Menace again. I know every time I was going through and getting going to these real parts, every moment of fan mess, I was just like, oh yeah, this is the good stuff. This is so good. <laughs> just a big smile on my face. Like, yeah. oh, I love you, Phantom Menace. This is so, this, this movie's so good. Yeah. So that is the great part in the Phantom Menace attack of the clones. It's the very, very, very end of the droid factory. Anakin is captured 
Don't move, Jedi. Take him away. of the Sith, we have Obi-Wan and Yoda. They've watched the hologram. What do we do next is basically Obi-Wan and Yoda. I don't know where to look. Use your feelings. Find him. All that stuff. And then basically the reel ends when we cut to Obi-Wan on Coruscant uh, talking to, starting to have a very heavy chat with Padme. Use your feelings, Obi-Wan, and find him you will. These three are interesting side by side, if if you look at them thematically, right? Yeah, I mean, well, they're all definitely like the beginning of the end, the beginning of the big action. But I guess if you kind of go with kind of the overall feel of the movie, you know, Revenge of the Sith is more, it's the beginning of the the heaviest heavy stuff, right? Like it's the beginning of the end for for Anakin and and the happy stuff because that movie ends the the saddest uh and it's the beginning of the sad stuff where Phantom Menace is kind of it's the beginning of the fun but it all kind of leads to Qui-Gon it's noble end and with Attack of the Clones again you know it's getting ready for a lot of fun action but it also kind of ends with uh Anakin getting his arm chopped off so I guess all three movies are kind of a mix of outrageous action and excitement and kind of some uh, unfortunate drama for for uh, the, for Anakin, really. Something bad happens to Anakin at, at the end of each movie while all this outrageous action is going on. And it's all, the prequels, it's all Palpatine kind of having his way. It's all working out for Palp- Palpatine's the only one winning in all three of these scenarios. Yeah. Well, Anakin's going to lose something and, and Palpatine's going to win something. The clone wars are about to begin an attack of the clones. Yeah. The attack on feed city is about to happen. Qui-Gon is going to die. Anakin has already fallen to the dark side and Obi-Wan is about to go tell Padme that the, the person he knew that she knew is Anakin Skywalker may be gone. It's crazy. All at like yeah, the one hour forty something minute mark. I think there may be something to these real changes. I'm not sure. There's there's there is a s- format structure to a Star Wars movie. Let's move on to the end of the sixth reel, which is usually the last reel for I think it was what Return of the Jedi it was the only one that had a seventh reel in the original trilogy episode we did. Which was just the credits, wasn't it? It was something weird like that. I tried to yeah. remember. Cause I was actually surprised that Attack of the Clones didn't have another one because isn't Attack of the Clones still the longest? We don't we don't listen. We're rusty. We're just coming back. Ask us ask us in a few months. Some somebody listening will let us know immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like when you watch all six at the same time on top of each other, they all end. And then you're still watching the credits for attack of the clones, but maybe it's return of the Jedi, but I think it's attack of the clones. I feel like it is attack of the clones. I feel like the Geonosis battle is still going on. It's just like, well, now we're just watching attack of the clones, which may have changed after the sequels. I'm I'm not sure. That's true. 
Okay, six. Okay, six real. Here we go. Phantom Menace. The ship lands on Coruscant. We're ha- we're handing over the Nemodians. Bootleg Mace Windu is about to come out. It's a good time. Well, this one is it kind of feels appropriate because it's like it's almost like this is the the epilogue, right? Like they're wrapping up the story. The story's over and it's and we're kind of wrapping things up here at this in the seventh reel. They have the funeral, we have the parade, we kind of we're closing out the story. Attack the clones, however, we got the clones coming out of the dust. It's that attack of the clones is still going full bore. Like it hasn't slowed down. You're just in the middle of action packed outrageousness. Attack of the clones is not taking any breaks. Now, now Sith, however, is interesting because here, right at the end of the sixth reel, Obi Wan cuts off Anakin's legs and he falls into the lava. That's that's the switch of it. Bring balance to the force, not leave it in darkness. Well, and that it, it kind of goes with uh, Phantom Menace in a way, where it's kind of right at the end of the sixth reel. It's kind of the end of of the story, and then the from the seventh reel is kind of wrapping things up because. Obi-Wan wins. Anakin is now dead, technically. And then the rest of the movie is like, how does he survive? Where where does everybody end up? Which kind of, yeah, mirrors Phantom Menace with it being, you know, who's, who survived the Master of the Apprentice and, and kind of wrapping everything up. I mean, there's a parade in both, right? And there's the funeral and the funeral parade in the seventh reel. Uh, of Revenge of the Sith and the and the party parade at the end of Phantom Menace, so they all kind of those two kind of sync up. Where Attack of the Clones is just party, party, party. <laughs> well, yeah, Attack of the Clones. We still got to get to Yoda, Dooku, and uh, and then the wedding, and then you know the begun the Clone Wars have and all of that. Yeah, so this one kind of Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith have more in common. Kind of again, it's kind of wild when you think about that. I've, you know, like. Aside from the the extended long go after Grievous, get off the ship kind of opening of Revenge of the Sith, once you kind of get past that, that and Phantom Menace are kind of running side by side in a really bizarre way. Yeah, well, which kind of goes back to you know New Hope and Jedi are kind of on the same wave, same wavelength a bit, right? Like so, it's kind of the that Star Wars thing. The first and third one are kind of buddies, and the second one gets wild. Well, I, you know, what the thing, that's the thing. I didn't know what to expect with going into the, the real changes of the prequel trilogy. You know, I remember the original trilogy one was like really interesting where we kind of did the same thing, discovered a lot of the parallels of those films at those marks. But it's kind of blew my mind with some of the parallels of the prequels. Well, and it's also neat to see that even, you know, as they move to, to digital and I mean, I think they edited all three digitally, even, and and we're thinking of the future of not 
projecting them on film that the, the mindset and kind of the structure of doing a movie as reels is kind of still there. Right. And like that, there is a reason to think of movies and reels when you're trying to pace out something that's, you know, two hours long. Well, and it's, it's Phantom Mass 25 and now I just want to go watch Phantom Mass. I know. <laughs> Nothing against Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith, but yeah. Yeah, well, it's you know we can be excited for Tag of the Clones when it's its twenty fifth. It's been long enough since Phantom Menace year that you know it's time to sign a party again. You know we have birthday parties every year for ourselves. Maybe every year can be Phantom Menace year. I mean, I think we've said it before that it is every day is Phantom Menace year. <laughs> Phantom Menace year. Phantom Menace year. この子の定めですから。あらぎ。パソメジロ。またままに会える。あなたの心に聞いて。本当にいいの水知らずの子供に運命を委ねて。あなたに伝えようか。こちらがオビアン・ケノビだ。大きな恐れを感じるわ。あ
let us know let us know your tips for staying healthy or just talk about how much you like this episode and other people should listen to the show and if you listen on spotify just leave five stars over there too and check out our website lastpointspodcast.com and make sure you follow us on instagram twitter facebook and if you're on facebook make sure you're part of the super chill group cool stuff happening there every day on the super chill group and if you want to support the show in a different way we got the blast points army on patreon where it may not look like things are happening because we weren't good on our promise of getting some new stuff to you but we 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 will we prom we're we're gonna start cracking down but things are happening on the patreon though right right gabe yeah we did change some things so now if you are in any of the three tiers, you have access to all the special episodes and the commentaries. So uh, if you weren't able to listen to the commentaries before, uh, go check them out. They should all be available to everyone who is a Blast Points Army subscriber. So much good stuff on there. And we absolutely promise new stuff is on the way in 2024. We got to keep going with our Mandalorian, and we got Dial Destiny commentary on the way, and who knows what else? We'll find some good stuff. But that about wraps up number 385 here. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. We got a whole slate of ridiculousness planned for you all right now. Got some episodes I can't wait to do. And if the first two weeks of January have been any indication, I'm sure there's going to be some curveballs and surprises exploding out of spaceships into our face of new Star Wars craziness for us to talk about as well. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that Ryan Church art that accompanied the, the Mandalorian and Grogu news. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, it's going to be a very busy year. You know what? And if you're listening to this, thank you so much. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for being there. You, All you folks listening, you're the most important part. So huge thank you. And uh, here we go with year 1000 of Blast Points. So. Thank you, everybody. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. come to the funeral and be like they were they were just trying to stay alive so they could talk about the ray movie (laughs) yeah it's like it looks like there's vitamins coming out of their pores they're like covered in dust (laughs) never seen anybody eat so many vitamins before may the force be with you